Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Carving It Up YouTube channel, Twitter, and the Grid Network YouTube channel. As always, I am Bryson Carver, and I am back, ladies and gentlemen, back with a little bit of a new look. I don't know if you can tell. I've got a little bit of a, a light in the back and, uh, behind my laptop, a little ring lights, got a little webcam. So hopefully the quality of the show looks a little bit better moving forward. Just trying to trying to spice it up a little bit, right? Trying to trying to stay on top of things, give it uh, give the show an opportunity to to maybe look better, uh, you know, in terms of the the picture quality. So uh, hope hope you guys like that. But we've got an absolutely packed show, all NFL. So. Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. You know, I've, I've been kind of back and forth on them. Like initially, I was like, oh, I hate the trade. The Jets maybe at an eight, nine win team. Then initially, uh, a couple months ago, I'm like, okay, maybe I could buy into them. Given that Aaron was 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 great, the Packers. Packers were bad when Aaron wasn't there. Uh, and the Jets, God only knows, he, he's a, he's a much better <laughs> he's a much better quarterback than Zach Wilson uh, would ever hope to be. So I'll, I'll get into that later in the show. And a big a big component to Aaron's success is going to be something that I never thought would be a component of his success or any of his team success, and that's leadership. Oh, it's kind of mind blowing. But there's a new piece that came out last week and during you know Jets training camp that that kind of details that. I'll get to that later on today's show, as well as. The whole uh, uh, situation with running backs, right? Running backs talk about, hey, we can't get paid. And and Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, uh, and, and Saquon Barkley in particular, not getting a deal at the deadline. They're very frustrated, understandably so. But uh, I 100% defend teams in not paying running backs, and they shouldn't. I'll get to that in the second segment uh, of today's show, as well as a plethora of other things to discuss. I'm going to discuss the Steph Curry documentary a little bit. Most importantly, though, at the end of today's show, the long-awaited event, I will finally, finally reveal my new NFL team. For those of you who don't know, I was a Cowboys fan from around 2014, 2015 to the middle of the 2020 season. You guys know I'm a Dak fan uh, through and through. I was a Dak Prescott fan before he was a Cowboy. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I lost I lost my love of the Cowboys when they uh when they didn't pay Dak, he broke the ankle. Then I just supported Dak exclusively. And then uh and then I decided to ditch the Cowboys. And then after the playoff loss to San Francisco, I'm like, you know what? I need a team. I'm a Red Sox fan. Go Sox. Just took two out of three against the Mets. Uh, I'm a big Warriors fan. Got a great offseason. Uh, obviously, you can see I'm a diehard Tennessee Vols fan. Might as well choose an NFL team. So, with all that being said, I will reveal that at 7 Eastern, at the top of the next hour, right here on Carving It Up Live. Looking forward to that. Got a couple comments right off the bat. My man, uh, Devin from the My Thoughts, My Opinion Sports Podcast. I was on there recently. I appreciate him having me on. He's excited. He's a Ravens fan, which, by the way, uh, the Steelers are one of those teams that I am that are in the mix for me to pick. It's either the Pittsburgh Steelers or the San Francisco 49ers. I've actually got a hat with one of those teams. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to put it on at 7 Eastern and at 4 Pacific time. But first, the big free agent, the big fish that was in the water, shockingly, in, in, you know, throughout the summer was DeAndre Hopkins, who is now signed with the the Tennessee Titans. That that sort of came out of left field. Didn't see that one coming at all. D Hop to the Titans on a two year deal that'll pay him about twenty six million dollars in total. As far as for Tennessee and as far as for D Hop, why it works in my view, God only knows. Tennessee needed a receiver. <laughs> that or no clear cut number one receiver. I like the kid Burks they drafted out of Arkansas last year. They've got some nice, nice guys over there, but no true number ones. And we know the vast majority of the Titans' success, at least with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, was when not when they had Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, and I'll get into running backs later in the show. Derrick Henry got hurt 
in the middle of the 2021 season. Missed 8, 9, 10 games or whatever it was. The Titans still got the one seed in the AFC, the tougher conference. Why? Because Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown, who's one of the 10 best receivers in the sport. And with all due respect to A.J. Brown, I think it's safe to say DeAndre Hopkins, if he is still at his peak pow- peak uh, peak of his powers, yeah. Yeah, he's one of the five best receivers in all football. You talk about a guy who's had a range of quarterbacks. Sure, he's had Deshaun Watson when Deshaun was at his peak, and Kyler when Kyler was briefly at his peak. He's also had Tom Savage and Brandon Whedon, Ryan Fitzpatrick, just to name a few. Still just as productive. Still gets open. Big body. Maybe not the, the fastest guy in the league, but a tremendous route runner, able to, again, use his, his large frame to his advantage on smaller corners and is consistently year in and year out. When healthy and when not suspended like last year, one of the best receivers in all football and a consistent 1,000-yard receiver to the point where D-Hop actually said this offseason, he said, the day that I'm not a 1,000-yard receiver is the day I step away from the league for good. And so Tennessee now gets a clear-cut number one in a division where, obviously, Houston's rebuilding. I think Houston will be nice this year. Not Nowhere near a playoff team, but respectable. They were in some close games last year. And the Colts in rebuild mode as well. And we know the Jaguars, I think it's safe to say, are the class of the division. They've got by far the best quarterback, in my opinion, with all due respect to Vrabel, the best coach in Doug Peterson and an improving roster. Titans had to compete in some way, shape, or form. So this gives an opportunity now, even if they don't beat Jacksonville out for the division, in a pool of potential AFC wildcard teams, talking about maybe the Jets, who I'll get into later in the show, or the Dolphins, or the Denver Broncos, or the Chargers, all of these teams, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Bengals, all these teams potentially in the mix for a wildcard spot, Tennessee has now put themselves back in that discussion by adding a guy of the caliber of DeAndre Hopkins. So I love it for Tennessee. Props to them. Uh, by the way, there's a potential. Does Will Levis step in midseason? If Tannehill struggles, does he step in next season? Well, the good news is, and while I'm not that high on Will Levis at all, he now at least has a number one receiver that he can rely on to kind of help him ease into things as much as he can because we all know rookies and second-year players, they need a good supporting cast around them. So props to Tennessee for making this move, and I I love it. for And again, in an AFC, that is just brutal. I mean, I was looking at the AFC compared to the NFC. Again, I maintain NFC has two contenders. The Eagles, the Niners. AFC, NFC has two contenders. AFC has how many? <laughs> we, we, I mean, if, I feel like we've got, uh, you know, I feel like we've got, you know, obviously Kansas City. Denver, I don't know if they'll be a contender, but they'll absolutely be better with a Super Bowl winning coach and Sean Payton, knowing the offensive mastermind that he is. I think the Jaguars will be a Super Bowl contender this year. The Titans will certainly be in the running to at least win that division. You think about the AFC North, which is the best division of football, in my view, by a mile. Bengals are absolutely a contender. To me, the Ravens are absolutely a contender, and the Steelers just keep getting better and better through the draft and through free agency. So you look all across the NFL, there are some real teams in that regard. Here's who I know will not be in the playoffs. The New England Patriots, who chose, despite apparent interest, from DeAndre Hopkins, we had seen him taking pictures. I believe it was with Matthew Judon, the, the very good pass rusher in the Patriots locker room. He had worked out with them. There was the buzz. There were the interest. And even Bob Kraft was talking about, hey, I, I, I want to, you know, our goal is to make the playoffs this year. The 8-9 the, the and nine 2022 season was, was not up to our standard, the Patriot way. And they let him go to the Tennessee Titans, who happened to have 
a guy who's sort of an unofficial member of Belichick's coaching tree in Mike Vrabel. Vrabel never coached under Belichick, but he obviously played for him and won a Super Bowl. What does this continue to say about the New England Patriots? Because they obviously had the cap space to pay him. They just didn't want to. Because Bill Belichick, who is the de facto general manager and head coach, obviously, has been for over two decades, he's stuck in his ways. He feels and still apparently believes that in the NFL, with an AFC that is, forget the NFC, with an AFC that is just freaking stacked with great quarterback play, including in his own division, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tua, a lot of people like Tua. He thinks he can win an AFC East, gets the playoffs with not only Mac Jones, not only, at least last year, with a bad receiving core, but a year ago with a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator. In 2022. Sure, he replaced him now with Bill O'Brien, who's a respected, you know, accomplished offensive coordinator. Not just in the NFL, but in the college ranks as well. Most recently in Alabama with Bryce Young, Nick Saban at head coach. We understand that. He has a history in New England. was with Brady. But <laughs> Mac Jones, I think this is the, the understatement of the month, is not Tom Brady. We think about Tom Brady as a stationary. Tom Brady was excellent moving in and out of the pocket. Mac Jones is terrible in that regard. Tom Brady had a, a I'd argue, above average arm. Not, not an Aaron Rodgers arm, not a Mahomes or an Allen arm. But above, above average arm, he could he could sling it. Mac Jones has a noodle arm. Belichick didn't even trust him to throw a Hail Mary in the infamous ending against the Las Vegas Raiders. And so, in a situation where, again, DeAndre Hopkins, it does not matter who the quarterback is, has always been productive. He clearly, the writing's on the walls. The old saying goes, where there's smoke, there's fire. Clearly wanted to go to the New England Patriots. And the Patriots stood in their morals, and stood in their the, the Patriot way. As Danny Amendola, former Patriots wide receiver, said a few years ago when the Bucs made the Super Bowl against Kansas City, he said, and I quote, there is no Patriots way. There is the Tom Brady way. And we understand the fact that Bill Belichick, throughout his time in New England, and heck, in, in, throughout his, his coaching career, if we have the stat, uh, you know, I, I was talking about uh, Andy, I did a segment right before I went on vacation. Andy Reid without Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid, I believe, is the best coach in the NFL. Andy Reid without Mahomes, very successful. Has been to a Super Bowl, has won numerous division titles, well over 500. Belichick, on the other hand, ugh, it's not so hot. Ten seasons without the greatest quarterback ever. He's won 47% of his games. He's been to the playoffs twice and zero. Count that, zero. Conference title game appearances, obviously that would mean no Super Bowl appearances. Ten years without Brady, been to the playoffs twice. And had a golden opportunity in a stacked division, in an even more stacked conference, to land one of the best receivers in the National Football League. And he passed. So this is, at least the way I viewed it, an indictment on the Patriots, not necessarily organization, but on Bill Belichick in particular. Sure, you can go trot out Mac Jones, who is the 25th best quarterback at best in pro football. I've seen him always, since the beginning, I've seen him as a backup. Yeah, he's accurate. You know, he's 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 capable. He's, he's not an incompetent player. But your offseason was uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and 
you lost Jacoby Myers, who was your probably your best receiver a year ago, and you're not paying guys in the arguably a top three receiving all football just walks up to your door. Hey, can can I come in? Can I be a part of this 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 this, this story Patriots culture? No, no, no. We'll we'll keep the, the we'll keep the money to pay like a I don't know a backup center or something. It's it, it's it continues day after day after day. I said it on carving it up before it was even carving it up live in the middle of the pandemic. Okay, did a lot of segments on this. Tom Brady was going to come out the other end looking a lot better than his now former coach, Bill Belichick. And it's just continuing to show itself every single day. All right, we have some comments here. Hey, there's my man Barry in the comments. Barry says, new camera looks good. He says in all caps. I appreciate that, Barry. Uh, Devin, back in the comments, he says, D-Hop keeps playing with average quarterbacks. You don't say. Listen, Tannehill's better than the Mac Jones. I don't think that's even a base. Been the playoffs numerous times, is mobile, uh, has shown better leadership skills than Mac Jones has shown. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't dispute that at all. My man Philip is in the comments. What's up, Philip? He says, What is Hopkins looking to accomplish here? He said he wants to win a ring and goes to the Titans with Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis. I don't get it. Stupid career decision, in my opinion. I don't know about the Niners. Who is their quarterback? I take the Cowboys over them. Well, he's talking about contenders. I'll get to that second comment in a moment. Let me get to your first, Philip, because you were talking about, uh, you know, he's saying he wants to win a ring. Best I can figure, this is just a guess is that Kansas City, who was reportedly interested, kind of pulled out. Uh, now, with Kandarius Tony, who just got hurt in training camp, maybe they're second-guessing that, but I'm sure Tony will be back soon. Um, and the question is, does... Because we saw this with Patrick Mahomes, not to get into a, a Chiefs topic, but we saw with Mahomes the last year that Tyreek Hill was there. Remember, there was like the middle of the season. It was like a five-week stretch where... Mahomes just looked off. He was throwing bad interceptions. He was his footwork was was a little weird. It was kind of off, off off kilter, off the mark. It just didn't didn't look right. Even in the AFC title game, remember they got that big lead over Cincinnati, and then Mahomes completely falls apart down the stretch of that playoff game, and the Bengals go on uh, to win that game and get to the Super Bowl. And you see this with quarterbacks, even the best in the league, Mahomes. They can be sometimes when you know from time to time too reliant on one guy. And we saw that to a certain degree at times with Mahomes and Tyree Kill. Like Tyree Kill's targets went were, were off the chain that last year he was in Kansas City. Would Kansas City have worried about that again had D-Hop signed there? Because they've got nice young receivers. They've got Kendarius Tony. They've got Sky Moore. They got this one kid who they say is blowing the Chiefs away. This Rice kid Forget I, I didn't I forgot his first name, but uh, Rice, who's a receiver they just drafted, they love him. Obviously, we know Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in football, is still there. So, I understand from that perspective. I'm not sure. Or, or let's see. Let's put it this way: How sure are we that a good number of contenders called, or any contenders called, for DeAndre Hopkins services? Maybe the Titans is the best situation he could have gotten from a money standpoint and from a, well, I mean, Tennessee's better than New England, so I guess I'll roll with them. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out later down the road, but. And then to a second uh, comment, he says, I don't know about the Niners. Who is their quarterback? I take the Cowboys over them in the playoffs. Eagles are definitely the class of the NFC, and it's not close. I don't know if it's not close. I mean, I could see somebody. And again, I'm not necessarily discounting a Dallas or you guys know, I think Detroit's getting to the NFC championship game. They're not getting to the Super Bowl, but they're getting to the NFC title game. They dodged a bullet today with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He was carted off the field today in practice. He's 
apparently okay, which is great. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So I would no. I, reportedly, Brock Purdy's fine. Like Brock Purdy's gonna be ready to go Week One against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, it's isn't that funny? The two teams that are the finals. The team I'm gonna announce today is my new favorite team. They happen to square off in Week One. Like it's it's it just it's it, it just makes sense. So I'll get to see right out the gate where uh where one of my two teams are at compared to the other the finalist that I would have chosen otherwise. Uh, listen, as far as Dallas is concerned, um. I, I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid. Listen, I think Dak is one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league. I think Micah Parsons is a top three defensive player in the league. Uh, Mike McCarthy is a better coach than people give him credit for. C.D. Lamb is excellent. And then outside of that, eh, I mean, they got a holdout situation with Zach Martin. Zach Martin's the best guard in football. And they're like, ah, you know, Jerry, I, I don't know. We may wait this this thing out a while. I'm curious to see what Jerry has to say about that. It's like Zach, Zach Martin's probably the best player in the Cowboys. <laughs> and he's holding out. It's like, ah, yeah, let him hold out. Like, what? <laughs> you need him to be a competent offensive line. I mean, they struggled on pass protection. Tony Pollard's coming off of an injury. Gallup, he's he's fine. He's not special. Brandon Cooks is a burner but can't stay healthy. You know, tight end core. Eh, Ferguson's all right. I, I like him. I don't love him. Defensively, Trayvon Diggs. I've, 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 I thought he had a better year than he did the year prior in terms of, you know, he's constantly getting beat down the field. He wasn't as much of, as I say in the Kenny, uh, Kenny Rogers song, he wasn't as much of the gambler as he used to be. Uh, but still, I don't think he's as good of a corner as he gets credit for sometimes. Um, yeah, I think the Cowboys are a good. Would I Listen, would I be shocked if the Cowboys beat Philadelphia for the division? No, I wouldn't be shocked. No, listen, the NFC East has, had a, has not had a repeat champion in basically 20 years. I think Philadelphia was the last team to to win the, the NFC East back-to-back years. So, like, that's – if Dallas pulls it off, I won't be shocked. I mean, they did win 12 games last year. Like, they're not a bad football team by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, do I see them as a contender uh, even in a very weak NFC? I I, I don't. I'll, it, they're one of those teams. I'll see it when I be, – I'll believe it when I see it. I really will. The same thing for the for the Los Angeles Clippers. It's like uh, Kawhi Leonard and uh, yeah, Paul Paul George. If they stay healthy, well, they don't stay healthy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if 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 they're constantly getting hurt year after year, why am I supposed to believe that that's just going to magically change one year? Just what I'm thinking. I'll close in the comments. What's up, Chloe? She says the set's looking fire. Yeah, of course, of course, the set is looking fire. You know what we're doing, carving it up. Yeah, no, no, but listen, I, I wanted to over the last couple of weeks, like do some research, see what a good webcam looked like. I got, uh, I think it was the, the the Logitech is what it's called. Um, got that. Got a ring light over here. So yeah, just want to make make the set look a little 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 nicer and 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 the the camera quality look a little bit better. So just trying to trying to improve every single day on this show and. Uh, Hoping to do that on a consistent basis. Like I said, at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific time, I will be announcing my new favorite NFL team. It is the Steelers. It is the Niners. One of those two. Two organizations, by the way, I have all the respect in the world for. Love their coaches. Love their organizations. How they run. Ownership's great. Fan bases are great. 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific at the top of the hour. And by the way, I'll go on IG Live as well so we can can get it out there. Yeah. Let's listen. That's what we do, Chloe. You know, you, you already know what it is. I should have brought on second thought. I should have brought uh, the cheesehead. Cheese, bring cheesehead Ozzy the building, but we're, we'll save that for the season when the Packers go six and eleven. Okay. Now to well, this is a topic I really wanted to sink my teeth into because it's been percolating, percolating the media over the last week. A lot of people have been discussing it, like this whole running backs not getting paid situation. Obviously, we got to the franchise tag deadline, which is this is another opportunity for me to say I hate the franchise tag. 
hate it for the player. I think it, I'm not sure how much it really benefits the, the organization, the franchise, because it's like, um, it's like you're waiting to propose to, to your girlfriend. Like you're waiting, you're putting off, you're putting it off. And, uh, like the, the, the franchise tag is just another extension of that. Like it's not the ring. It's the contract. That's, that's the ring. You got to put a ring on it at some point. And three teams decided not to do that at the franchise tag deadline. That would be the New York Giants with Saquon Barkley, the Las Vegas Raiders with a guy who just led the league in rushing, Josh Jacobs, and the Dallas Cowboys with Tony Pollard. So those three teams did not pay their guys at the deadline. All three of them, you know, again, Saquon's a special talent at the running back position. We're now just really starting to see that with, with him getting a competent coach. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been a productive player since he stepped in, as has Tony Pollard. Uh, all three of them more than capable running backs. So two of them I, I would consider elite. Tony Pollard right in the precipice of that. Reportedly, on Saturday Saturday night, running backs like Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, uh, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, some of the best running backs in the league, held a Zoom meeting on Saturday basically discussing how do we improve the situation? How do we let our own get paid? How do we allow our own to get paid? Uh, you know, Obviously, we understand running back is, as I've said numerous times the show, it is the last unprotected position in all football. I mean, we, we, we know the rules protecting quarterbacks. We protect kickers for crying out loud. You know, we, we protect defensive linemen with the tripping call. We protect offensive linemen, uh, you know, in that regard as well. We, we protect defensive backs, wide receivers. We really don't protect running backs. We protect kickers and punters. We don't protect running backs. You can hit them however you want. Hit, you know, helmet to helmet. Unless they're a pass catcher, you can hit a running back however you want. And a big reason that running backs often just get one contract. Unless you're Adrian Peterson. Unless you are like a... A Hall of Fame level player, first ballot, no doubt about it. You usually just get one one contract, one big contract rather. And these three are like, can we get one? <laughs> Quarterbacks, if they last long enough, get three. Sometimes if you're Tom Brady or somebody, four. Wide receivers get some big ones. Aaron Donald, best defensive player in the football for the last decade, has gotten some big ones as well. Can we Can we get a little slice of the pie, as Jerry Jones would say? And right now the NFL teams are saying no. I do not blame in the slightest running backs for being, you know, pissed off about it. Seeing the, their their teammates in other positions get paid and like we're sitting here with, with nothing. We, we, we got nothing. We had nothing to the table. Totally get their frustration. Simultaneously, I absolutely agree with NFL franchises. In this case, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Giants for not paying them. Let me explain. We've had data over the past decade or so showing us that, you know, paying running backs, it's not as, it's not as uh, appealing as it might sound uh, in the long run. So I, I, I did this, this little chart uh, a few weeks ago when I talked about this with Saquon Barkley, and then I've got some more numbers to give out. But Christian McCaffrey, who's the, probably the second best running back in all football, best, second best, top three, no doubt about it. He signed a four-year, $64 million extension with the Carolina Panthers. Two years later, he was traded. Why? Because Carolina didn't have any competent quarterback play. So, like, you know what? Let's move him for some pieces. And now they got Bryce Young, and we'll see how it plays out for them. He was expendable. Ezekiel Elliott was released three years after signing a, <laughs> I still can't believe this, six-year, $90 million contract. Le'Veon Bell, who played... God bless him, but he played his cards horribly in his contract negotiations with the Steelers. 
released one year after signing a four-year, $52.5 million contract. Alvin Kamara, if you look at his production before and after he signed the deal, it's night and day. By the way, he signed a five-year, $75 million contract extension, just for the record. Dalvin Cook, who's now, I think it's safe to say, the best free agent left in the market now that Hop is gone. Oh, he's released three years after signing a five-year, $63 million contract extension. More on Cook and the Vikings later. Remember David Johnson? David Johnson was like the fantasy darling of 2015-2016. You had to have David Johnson. Yeah, he was traded a year and a half after signing a three-year, $39 million contract extension. How about this? The most productive running back over the past half decade has been Derrick Henry. Yeah, since he signed a four-year, $50 million contract, extend, or contract, the Titans have yet to win a playoff game. And finally, one of the greatest running backs ever, as I mentioned earlier, Adrian Peterson, signed a seven-year, $96 million contract extension, and the Vikings won zero playoff games in almost all of these scenarios and all almost all of these situations what do all of them have in common average to below average to an incompetent quarterback play in almost every instance here i have beaten this drum for two years quarterbacks when you talk about the rules when you talk about the new offenses that have come into the nfl some of them from college Quarterbacks have never been more important in the over 100-year history of the NFL. Said it starting, I remember it in the 2021 season. I'll say it today in 2023 as we're about a month and a half out of the 2023 season is a quarterback's league. Think about this. Actually, I've got the graphic here. The last four Super Bowl champions. So the first Super Bowl champion in this group I'm about to mention was Mahomes' first title. We know Mahomes, is, he's going to be running the league, you know, for the next 10 years. Now that Brady's gone, it's Mahomes' league now officially. You'll have, listen, you'll have other guys. You'll have Burrow, you'll have Allen, maybe you'll have some other quarterbacks uh, down the pipe who have a lot of success as well. Mahomes isn't going to win every Super Bowl and every MVP. But we understand he's going to be the face of the league moving forward. He's going to be the most successful quarterback. From the point of his first title, to his most recent title, the Chiefs, obviously, the reigning defending NFL champions. I want you to take a look at where the last four title winners, last four Super Bowl title winners, let's see where they ranked in running the football. Oh, it, they didn't break outside of the top 20. Chiefs were 23rd in rushing in 2019. The Bucks were 28th in rushing in 2020. The Rams, 25th. In rushing in 2021, and the Chiefs most recently, the highest on this list, 20th in rushing in 2022. What does that tell you? What do all those situations have in common? All four of those teams got tremendous play at the quarterback position. Mahomes, coming off an MVP season, wasn't quite as good in 2019 as he was in 18, but was still very productive, had a remarkable postseason, beating the Texans, the Titans, and eventually the Niners in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady going to the Bucs at age 43, just cool, threw a cool 40 touchdowns, beat the Commanders, or they weren't called the Commanders, they called the football team at the time. Uh, Washington, uh, who was it? The, uh, the Saints, the Packers, and then the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford with the Rams had an unbelievable postseason, played awesome against the Cardinals, played excellent against the Bucs, played great in the fourth quarter against an amazing Niners defense, and played big time in the fourth quarter against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then last year, Mahomes, 
was on one foot breathtaking. Like great against the Jags, played to me the game of his life against the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC title game, and played an outstanding Super Bowl against one of the best defenses in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles. Something else, too. And forget about winning the Super Bowl just for a moment. Let's look at recent data. I checked this. Of the top 10 rushing teams in the NFL, so the 10 teams that ran for more yards than the other 22, only six of them made the playoffs. Now, that's over half. We understand that. But here were some of the teams that were in top 10 and running the football. The Carolina Panthers, who, sure, they almost made the playoffs in a bad division, but, uh, yeah, they had Sam Darnold. They had Baker Mayfield at the start of the season. They had a, I think it was an XFL quarterback, P.J. Walker. The Cleveland Browns, who had a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett playing the most, the majority of the season. And then Deshaun Watson, who is a complete shell of himself from what we remembered him to be in Houston. The Atlanta Falcons. We just saw Marcus Mariota on that incredible Netflix series quarterback. Love Marcus. He's a backup quarterback. Desmond Ritter, rookie, completely in over his head. The Falcons were top 10 rushing, though. Just remember that. And finally, <laughs> the funny thing is, the team that led the NFL in rushing yards were the Chicago Bears. Yeah, running the football helped them so much, it landed them the first pick in the draft, which, of course, they traded to the Panthers. Yeah, running the football really helped those teams. Interestingly as well, of the bottom 10 rushing teams in the NFL, half of them made the playoffs. The Bucs, albeit those in a bad division, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Vikings, and the Dolphins. All five of those teams, bottom 10 in rushing, made the playoffs. The Bucs had Tom Brady, who was a shell of himself, we understand, his last year in the league, but had some clutch fourth quarters for the Tampa Bay. The Chargers, who have one of the most talented quarterbacks that we've seen in recent memory, and Justin Herbert. The Minnesota Vikings, who we can we can bang on Kirk Cousins all we want. Listen, he's not a top 10 quarterback. We can argue, is he a franchise guy? Is he not? Kirk Cousins probably had the best season of his career a year ago with, in my view, the best receiver in all football in Justin Jefferson. You could see why the Vikings, hey, but wait, wait, we had Dalvin Cook. We're bottom 10 in rushing. We made the playoffs. Why the heck do we have to pay him all this money? Let's just go with the kid, Alexander Madison. Costs less, and his the production isn't a, a uh, production dip off. Is it huge? Yeah, Vikings will be fine without Dalvin Cook. Miami Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins, I'll tell you, they were, they were running the football. No, no, they, they weren't because they had Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. And Tua, before the injuries, or in, yeah, injuries, plural, was very productive. And most importantly, the Cincinnati Bengals were bottom 10 in the NFL in rushing. Despite the fact they had Joe Mixon and an improved offensive line. Do you think they cared about that at all? No, they had the second best quarterback in all of football in Joe Burrow. And Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And a year ago, a tight end I really like, Hayden Hurst. Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? 
we've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. Simply put, this whole notion, oh, you got to run the football. You do. Yeah, listen, having a running game certainly helps. It does. But it isn't the end-all, be-all by any stretch of the imagination to forget winning the Super Bowl, just making the playoffs. The Bears led the league in rushing, and they won three games. So we can talk about the importance of the running back position. So no, with all due respect to, again, do I blame the running backs for one to get paid? Of course I don't blame them. Of course they, of course they should want their, 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 their own slice of the pie. They feel as if they've earned it. Josh Jacobs just led the league in rushing last year. Of course he, he should want to get paid. I don't blame him in the slightest. I'd want to get paid if I were him. But these franchises are making the right decision and deciding to not eliminate the running back position, but say... They're replaceable. Will the Raiders draft a a running back in the future as good as Josh Jacobs? We can argue that, but good chance, probably not. Same with the Cowboys and Tony Pollard and the Giants will sake one. I'm almost almost certain they're not going to get a running back to the level that that he is. But you can be highly successful in the NFL with an average to bad running game if you have good quarterback play. And all of these teams, Tampa Bay, we can argue about that, but all of the teams that made the playoffs that were bottom five in rushing all had tremendous quarterback play, at least in the regular season. And in the playoffs, last four Super Bowl champions, the highest that any of them have been ranked, highest that any of the last four Super Bowl champions were ranked in rushing was this past year's Chiefs at 20th. Running the ball is not the end-all be-all. Didn't mean for that to rhyme to winning Super Bowls or making the playoffs, and I don't blame these franchises for not paying running backs. Not in the slightest. Got some comments here? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, Devin says, Devin's a Ravens fan, by the way. He's got a podcast here on the grid at, at the bank. Uh, Big-time Ravens fan. Great guy. He says, man, if you choose the Steelers, oh, boy. We understand the Steelers and the Ravens have a, a heated, heated rivalry. Those games, you can almost, you could be almost a sh- a sh- you, almost certain that neither team's breaking into the 20s, man. Those things are physical. Let's see, Patrick Brown. What's up, Patrick? He's also got a podcast here in the grid. There are two podcasts on the grid. He says the running back position is like the NBA center. It's become extinct. What's their role in the team and how can they still make an impact? Well, listen, you, they can still make an impact. The running back still has a place. Just like, listen, I think bigs still have a place in the NBA. Certainly, I mean, the best player in the NBA is a center, okay? The MVP of the league. Heck, the last three MVPs, if you include Jokic, are centers. So I don't know if it's... Now you could say, hey, Bryson, those are kind of outliers. Yes, the centered position has not been eliminated, but it's certainly been... Uh, the value has been decreased by a significant margin, in large part because it is a more perimeter-oriented game than it's ever been. You can thank Steph Curry for a lot of that. Um, and the centers that haven't adjusted to that, they're kind of being left in the dust. <clears throat> Dwight Howard. So that's that's kind of what it's what's been over the last half decade or really decade now that I think about it. It's 2023. Uh, and the running back is kind of the same way that 
listen, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with having a star running back, but my guess is, or my, my guess, my question is, what do you hope to accomplish in signing a running back long-term? Do you believe it puts you that much closer to making the playoffs? I mean, unless you're, again, we think about Derrick Henry. Oh, Derrick Henry is so valuable to the Titans. He is, by the way. He very much is. Again, maybe the best running back in the league. Missed, was it double-digit games? Missed a big chunk of the 2021 season. And the Titans not only made the playoffs, they got the one seed. Why? Because Ryan Tannehill had a very good year, and A.J. Brown was one of the best receivers in football, and they had a great defense and a great coach. So, no, I do not blame these teams. Matter of fact, I adamantly defend teams who don't pay a running back. Totally get it. Uh, interesting topic here. Again, this is an all-football show. We'll, we'll get into some more basketball. Of course, I, I think I'll maybe touch on the step documentary if we have time. Again, I'll announce my new NFL team, my lifelong NFL team. You only get to choose choose teams once, and I figure if there's any team to jump off, uh, you know, jump off supporting them, it ain't going to be the Red Sox. I love the Red Sox. You know, I couldn't ditch a team that you know, I fell in love with as a, as a small child, and same with the Warriors. I feel like I've 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 grown up with with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Right? Like that's I'm not ditching Golden State. I'm not ditching Tennessee. It's, it's Tennessee, man. It's the Vols. We're, we're the everything school. I can I can ditch the Cowboys. Very poorly run franchise with an egomaniac owner. So I figure if I'm going to switch, it'd be it'd be that and choose a team that does. I'll tell you what both teams have in common. Excellent ownership and a great fan. Now, Cowboys fans have an awesome fan base. I don't want to just ditch them at all. Like I, I love Cowboy fans, love them. Well, I was one, uh, but I had to. I had to. I couldn't do it anymore. And respect the Cowboys fans that still, still hang in there. We've got many of them here at the Grid Network and many who watch the show. So shout out to y'all. Uh, but Steelers Niners, top of the hour, seven Eastern, four Pacific, right here in Carving Up Live. You will not want to miss it. Okay. Let's talk about another <laughs> AFC team, the New York Jets, who obviously have quite a bit of hype coming into this new season, adding Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, they come off a season in 2022 where, yeah, they went seven and 10, but there was a point in time they were seven and five and right in the thick of the wild card picture in the AFC, despite, I think it's safe to say, pretty darn subpar quarterback play led by Zach Wilson. You think about guys who's, a, you know, Mike White's a good backup, but Mike White's not exactly taking it to the promised land. I think they had the Strebler kid who stepped in. Joe Flacco was their starting quarterback at the beginning of the season. Like it was. It was some pretty, pretty, pretty tough sledding at the quarterback position for the Jets. Everywhere else, you're like, hey, I like that player. I like that player. Sauce Gardner's probably the best corner in the league as a rookie. It's a good defense. Was top three in the NFL in many metrics. You think about uh, offensively, you got uh, Garrett Wilson, who's the offensive player of the or offensive rookie of the year, rather. You got good tight end play. You added Alan Lazard. You added Randall Cobb. Uh, the offensive line for the Jets, while not great, is fine. It's it's good enough. It's not what Aaron Rodgers had in Green Bay, but it's good enough to be successful. Uh, and listen, it's a division where I think every single team has questions. Every single one. Buffalo, it's can Josh Allen bounce back from a shaky 2022? And what the heck are we going to do with our receiving core and our defense, which is not as good this year, won't be as good this year as it was a year ago. New England, they got questions everywhere. Coach, quarterback, roster—it's—it's—it's it's, it's bad. They'll be—they'll be last place. And the Dolphins—they're good basically everywhere else. It's the question: is, Can Tua be productive consistently, and can he stay healthy? And the Jets have the questions of their own. Aaron Rodgers is, after all, coming off of a season that was 
by most metrics, his worst uh, with the Green Bay Packers. I don't have the gra- actually. I do have the graphic here. Here was Aaron Rodgers in 2022 with Green Bay last year in Green Bay. He was 19th in the NFL in yards per game, 26th in interceptions, 16th in passer rating, 26th in QBR, and dead last in 300-yard games, of which he had zero. He has not had a 300-yard game since week 14 of his most recent MVP season in 2021. Now, some of that is the Packers receiving core. It's safe to say is not exactly uh, equivalent the equivalent of the Jets receiving core. And... Aaron Rodgers did injure his, I think it was his thumb, on his throwing hand in the middle of the 2022 season. So the hand's healed up. By the way, Aaron has a history of this, and I'll get into sort of the crux of my argument in just a moment, the crux of what this, this topic is. But historically, when Aaron has something to prove, in the regular season, that playoff's a different story, but in the regular season, dude shows up. Comes off of 2019, eh, he's, he's, he's fine. I mean, he's not... He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's nowhere near the MVP discussion. He was kind of a game manager to a certain degree. And the Packers seeing that was like, okay, let's take Jordan Love. Let's 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 kind of look towards the future. And Aaron's like, what? Are you, are you kidding me? And he wins the MVP in 2020 and wins it again in 2021. When he has something to prove or feels he has something to prove, kind of a chip on his shoulder, Manny balls out in the regular season. Now again, playoffs, totally different story. But there was a piece written in ESPN. I want to give credit where credit's due. Um, to uh, I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Rick, uh, Rick Samini, Rick Chimini. I, I I hope I'm saying his name correctly. He wrote a piece uh, on ESPN.com where it was the, the title is Aaron Rodgers starts different Jets training camp with a patient approach. Aaron Rodgers said, "Quote: Everything is different." 19 years in, there's been a lot of training camps, all of them on 1265 Lombardi. Showing up at one Jets drive was a little different. Here's what I thought was interesting about the piece. He said, uh, this is from Alan Lazard. Now, Alan Lazard played played with Aaron Rodgers for quite a long time in Green Bay. He obviously goes to the Jets to play uh, with his quarterback. He was talking about how Aaron Rodgers is, quote, opening his arms, putting his hand out, trying to help guys, trying to teach. This is Alan Lazard. Quote, that's not to say he was hard to play with in Green Bay. He was a little more like, you have to pick it up. He's a little bit he's a little bit slower here, or he's a little bit slower here in realizing there's a lot of new players. He's taking his time. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing how much he cares for those guys and how much he really just wants to put the icing on the cake as far as his career. Interesting, too, this article talks about how Rodgers pulled aside Garrett Wilson, best receiver on the team, on the field for a brief conversation last Thursday after the second-year receiver said he, quote, busted a play, noting that Rodgers calmly explained what should have happened on the play. This is a very, (laughs) very different Aaron Rodgers than what I think we've all been accustomed to, certainly in the last few years in Green Bay. Now, can some of that be attributed to his frustration with the organization, not getting him the requisite uh, talent. Certainly after they traded Devontae Adams, it only got worse in that regard. Could it be that, sure, he had Mike McCarthy for years, won a Super Bowl with Mike. I, I think Mike McCarthy is, again, I think he's an above-average coach. I don't think he's special. He's nowhere near Andy Reid, but I don't think he's anywhere near Nathaniel Hackett. Like, he's a, he's more than competent. Uh, and then you go to Matt LaFleur, who's I don't think is near as, as uh, creative as Mike McCarthy was, near as... 
uh, and it doesn't have any of the commanding presence in the locker room that Mike McCarthy does, and there's some frustration in that regard from Aaron. Or could it be just plain? As Aaron sort of talked about, he played in one city, or really one town, with one organization for 18 years. Sometimes things do get stale. You saw that with Tom Brady. Now, Brady's leadership's never been a, a concern of his, but you saw him toward the end of New England, man, he was getting really ticked off, really frustrated with his receivers. And again, that was, I think, a, a big thing that drew him away from New England to Tampa was that Patriots had probably the worst receiving core in the league. Tampa had one of the best with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin company. But you saw Tom at the end. Uh, I think he had a, you could hear him in the huddle uh, after one play and someone, he, he said, uh, quote, can somebody, uh, or he yelled, somebody bleeping get open. Started to get a little on edge at the end of, in, uh, in, in New England. By the way, you saw at the end of Tampa, he was getting increasingly frustrated. He was breaking more iP- uh, more Microsoft tablets, right? You saw a little bit of an edge to Tom Brady that you hadn't quite seen in New England. Maybe you're seeing that with Aaron Rodgers, where at the end in Green Bay, it kind of got stale in terms of his relationship with the front office, with the head coach, and with his teammates for that matter. And for Alan Lazard, listen, his, his voice holds a lot of weight. He used to play with the guy in Green Bay. So he sees the difference as much as anybody, if not more than anybody, now with the Jets. So, listen, we know Aaron, Aaron is talented. Like, that that goes without saying. I think he's, before Mahomes, I said Aaron was the most talented quarterback that's ever played in the league. Like, he makes, he, simply put, he makes throws that other guys just can't make. Just can't make. He's, the, the, the release, the quickness, the, the footwork is, is, is good, the arm, everything. It's been the leadership. It's been uh, his performance in the playoffs that have been a topic of, of uh, concern, at least through my, through my lens, in Green Bay. But now you put him in a position with the Jets where receiving core is better than Green Bay. Running game won't be as good because Aaron Jones is excellent. But again, I told you, like I said in the last segment, uh, running the football isn't exactly near as important as it was in recent years in the NFL. He unquestionably has a better defense in New York than he had in Green Bay. And coach, probably a wash. Let's see how Matt LaFleur does with Jordan Love, and let's see how Robert Sala does with Aaron Rodgers. Then we can have a discussion as to who's better between those two. And once again, you are getting a motivated Aaron. You are getting a an Aaron that's coming in and completely, not just, by the way, not, and I talked about this in the past, not just changed his, his tenor in terms of leadership, but in the locker room or on the field, but you're seeing him in, in New York City. Listen, Aaron is a, Aaron's from California. Like he's used to the big city. So Green Bay, I can imagine when he was drafted there, in 05 was a complete culture shock. Like Green Bay's, and I'm not, you know, di- dissing Green Bay in any way, shape, or form. I think it's a, a great town, but it's very, very different than what Aaron's used to in California. New York's more up his alley. You're seeing him go to Broadway. You saw, I think Aaron Rodgers was at the Tonys for crying out loud. Uh, you, you see him at, at Taylor Swift concerts, just just having the time of his life to shake it off. Like he, he's having a, he's having a good time in the city of New York. He seemed to embrace the city more than he really ever embraced Green Bay, and he's certainly embracing his teammates more than he did uh, his teammates in Green Bay in recent years and the front office as well. By the way, last thing in this piece that I thought really stuck out to me. Listen, one thing that hasn't changed in Aaron is he's very slick. Like, he's not a, he's not the guy who's going to give you a straightforward answer. The greatest example of that is the I'm immunized comments when they were asked if he was vaccinated two years ago. He's always been slick. But, and he was slick in this quote, but given what we're used to from Aaron Rodgers, 
in press conferences, in any media availability whatsoever. This is about as clear-cut an answer about his future as we've gotten in the last half decade. Remember every year, he's like, I'm just going to take it year to year. I'm not sure. Meanwhile, you're having Brady. Yeah, I want to play to 45. I, I want to win 7, 8, 9, 12 Super Bowls. Russell Wilson talking about, I want to play to 45. A lot of these, Drew Brees, playing in his 40s. I want to play longer. I want to play longer. Aaron Rodgers, when he was in his mid-30s. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's a year-by-year thing. I'm not sure. This could be my last year. Who knows? Notice what he said in this quote I'm about to read you. Uh, when he's talking about the Jets. And see if you catch this. Quote, I love being around the young energy, the excitement. There's a great feel to this team. Guys who are young and super talented on their first contracts, many of them when you have so many great players and rookie deals. It's pretty exciting knowing you can do something. You've got a good window. It's not just a one-year thing where you can be competitive, which is fun. Did you catch that at the end? I'll read it again. It's not just a one-year thing where you can be competitive which is fun. So Aaron's kind of telling you, yeah, I'm I'm going to be here beyond this year. Now, he hasn't played a game yet. Uh, the Jets recently today, uh, or earlier today, showed off their throwback uniforms that they're going to wear, I think, in week one and week four. Clean, like them, think they look good. They'll look good on Monday Night Football in week one against Buffalo. I think it's dope. Um, but, listen, Versi will hit the Jets like it hits every team. And we'll see how Aaron Rodgers responds in that regard, how the team responds. Um, But the mindset that he's going into compared to last year, oh my God, it's night and day. Night and day. Showed up to offseason workouts. Worked more with some of the young receivers on the team, which it did not do in Green Bay. Guys like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, never really worked with them. Or new players like Sammy Watkins. He's completely embraced the Jets' culture, the Jets' organization. And... uh, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be very interesting. I, you know, AFC is a weird division. I don't bind a Buffalo as a Super Bowl contender this year because I think their receiving core is questionable at best uh, without Stephon Diggs. Their defense is going to take a step back, losing Leslie Frazier, who just left. I mean, he's just, just in the middle of nowhere, just left. And Josh Allen trying to rebound from a, you know, a rough season by his standards. I shouldn't say rough. A, 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 a step down season than we saw in 2020 and in 2021. Again, Miami's got questions with uh, with Tua. Can he stay healthy? If he is, can he be consistent? Um, consistently good. And then New England is just a, a tire fire. So look out for the New York Jets. I'm not going to totally buy into this contenders yet. But we got to see. What's up, Ryan? My man Ryan Flowers in the comments. Clutch Sports Talk every Sunday morning. Giving your giving NFL uh, giving NFL takes. Throughout the morning, it is a great job. Uh, he says, hey, what's up, Ryan? He's doing a fantastic job on the network. You guys have got to check out his show. I hope I'm not misquoting this, but I'm pretty sure it's 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, right here on the Grid Network, as well as uh, his his own personal YouTube channel. So definitely check out Clutch Sports Talk, subscribe to his show, and, of course, subscribe to the Grid Network. So definitely check that out, no doubt about it. Okay, last segment before we do get to the big reveal. I am looking at the hat right now. I'm looking at the hat. I'm going to put on a hat. Is it a 49ers hat? Is it a Steelers hat? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I do know. You don't know. Unless, of course, you're my family, and then you obviously know. I, I told you guys. Last, you know, sort of carving it up style segment. 
ESPN recently came out last week with their top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And there's a lot of been a lot of discussion about quarterback rankings in particular in terms of, you know, Madden 24 coming out and obviously Josh Allen the cover. And we're looking at, hey, what's the top 10 quarterbacks in Madden look like? I remember I did a segment about that last year. Well, ESPN came out with their top 10 quarterbacks for 2023. Okay, here's the list. One to 10. And there's one that stuck out to me. I'm like, how in God's name is he ranked where he's at? One through 10. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford. By the way, before I get to anything, I just saw uh, just read Matthew Stafford's name off the list. I uh, want to send my thoughts and prayers to, to Kelly Stafford, his wife, who she said in her podcast thinks that she might have cancer again. She's dealt with a lot of health issues um, in recent years, so Prayers to the Stafford family, prayers to Kelly, and and uh, certainly hope she comes out of uh, the other side of this um, stronger than she was before, and uh, that sh- that it's not cancer, and that it, if it is, that she's able to to beat it just like she has so valiantly uh, before. So prayers to the Stafford family, and prayers to uh, pray, uh, pray, prayers for the Stafford family, and prayers for Kelly as well. But I saw this list, and there's there's some I disagree, like Mahomes, Burrow, that's the obvious one and two. Um, Lamar Jackson at seven. I've got him at six. So I don't have a huge, you know, argument about that. Dak Prescott at ninth. That's pretty much where I have Dak. I have Dak as the eighth or ninth best. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at four. I think is a, you know, I just finished praising Aaron Rodgers. I think it's a touch high. I don't think he's quite the player he used to be, but I still, I think he's gonna have a better year than he did in 2022. He's gonna have a 300 yard game. I can guarantee you that. Uh, only reason I have an issue with Herbert in the top five is please win a playoff game. And I love Herbert. You guys know I, I was higher in Herbert than any of the quarterback prospects in 2020. Loved him. Still love him. I think he's remarkably talented. Uh, I think he's dealing with a, a it's, it's like an albatross in terms of what he's dealing with as a head, co- head coach with Brandon Staley. Now he's having to deal with even more adversity with Kellen Moore being his OC. And the Chargers are, well, the Chargers are going to find a way to screw it up some way, shape, or form. So I feel bad for Herbert in that regard. I don't think he's top five. But I saw this. And I wanted to, I wanted to call ESPN with my grievances. They have Trevor Lawrence as the eighth best quarterback in football. Trevor Lawrence as the eighth best quarterback in football. This, despite the fact that he was top three in virtually every statistical category that you can possibly think of that matters. If you're a quarterback, touchdowns, yards, touchdown reception ratio, passer rating, you know, the important stats, and he's top three and basically all of them for the second half of the season when the Jaguars went from dead in the water to the playoffs and not just to the playoffs, but a game against the Chargers. And Justin Herbert, by the way, who they said is better, trailed 27 to nothing and won the game. 31 to 30, I believe, was the final score. And by the way, week later, Played Kansas City pretty tough in Arrowhead. Got a couple of bad breaks with some drops, uh, with with the turnover by Agnew at the goal line. Like if, if some of those bounces go Jacksonville's way, maybe they would have beaten Kansas City. Who knows? Trevor Lawrence is the eighth best quarterback. So, and folks might say, "Well, that's just one second half. It's just a string of games." Well. Jalen Hurts was viewed coming into twenty twenty two like this is kind of his prove it year. Right, he's got the requisite talent around him. Coaching staff has proven to be solid. Like, what can Jalen Hurts give you? 
And Jalen Hurts, of course, had a marvelous season, finished second MVP voting to Mahomes, got to the Super Bowl. Some argue outplayed Mahomes in that Super Bowl in a losing effort. So, listen, Jalen Hurts at six. I, I've got him at fourth, so I think it's a little low for Jalen, but I, I'm not, I don't think it's outrageous to put him there. But Trevor Lawrence, the first year he gets, I mean, do, do, do folks realize what Trevor Lawrence had to deal with in 2021? All of the noise and the controversy and the uh, stuff that had nothing to do with football that surrounded Urban Meyer before and during that season. He ended up with that, with, again, a, 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 a roster that was bad enough for the Jags to get the first pick in the draft. It was bad enough for them to get the first pick of the draft again. The first year he gets Doug Peterson, who has been to a certain degree the quarterback whisperer, you know, on the Andy Reid coaching tree, did after all win a Super Bowl against the New England Patriots with Nick Foles at quarterback. Made Carson Wentz into an MVP candidate. Like, that's Doug Peterson. The second Trevor Lawrence gets that guy, takes off. Has an incredible run where he's 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 playing against some of the best defensive league, Dallas, Tennessee, dominating against those those teams. The Jets had, had a great defense. Trevor Lawrence played well against them. Had one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the playoffs, and he's eighth. For those who are wondering, what Bryce? What's your top? Two, what, who are your top ten quarterbacks in the NFL? Glad you asked. Here you go. Did this list uh, not long after the season. One to ten. Mahomes, Burrow, Lawrence, Allen, Hurts, Lamar, Rogers, Dak, Herbert, Carr. I'm much higher in Derek Carr than most people are. I, I, I'm having, a, I'm putting him above Stafford for the simple fact that I'm worried about Stafford's health uh, in terms of you know he had some some back issues. Like there was, I don't know, it was I think it was spine issues. I forget what it was. It was something very major that. You know, Stafford looked like a shell of himself in 2022. We'll see what he can do this season. That's my top 10. Now, we can argue about the list all we want, but to, to put uh, to put Trevor Lawrence, despite, again, he was, by virtually every metric, for the entire second half of the season, that's eight, nine games, 10 games, plus the playoffs, aside from Mahomes, was the best quarterback in football. He was better than Burrow at that in that stretch. Much better than Allen. Much better than Allen. Better than Hurts. And we're just going to... Better than Lamar. Better than Rodgers. And we're just going to put him off to the side as if he's... Oh, he's really good. He always sees top 10. I've got Dak at 8th. Dak is nowhere near Trevor Lawrence. So, I'm looking forward to seeing Jacksonville this season. I'm looking forward to seeing Trevor this year. Uh, I think he's a very good chance he's in the MVP race. Not not necessarily picking Jacksonville to like get to the Super Bowl or anything, but if you see Trevor Lawrence, if we're looking up at you know week week twelve and it's like who's the MVP, Trevor Lawrence or Patrick Mahomes? Don't say I didn't tell you first. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, and uh, De Devin doesn't like the, the list at all. He says can't believe uh, Lamar dropped that low. Shaking my head. Yeah, they had Lamar. Where they have him? Yeah, they had him seventh. I've got him sixth. I think just I got him just outside the top five. People don't realize how what Lamar has accomplished in the last five years with a suboptimal supporting cast in the skill position department. Yes, he's had Mark Andrews, who's a top three tight end in football. I get that. But who was his best receiver in the last five years, or you know, really since he came into the league? 
and just gets into the playoffs year in and year out, has you know a unanimous MVP in his resume, I think that would mean something. I'm telling you, Baltimore's gonna be a problem this year. Baltimore is going if you if if Baltimore beats Cincinnati for the division, I would not be shocked in the slightest. The defense is incredibly loaded. They've got one of the best head coaches in John Harbaugh and an offensive skill group that was ugh, with an already good offensive line, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Andrews. They added Odell, and they added Zay Flowers. And folks may laugh at that, like, who's Zay Flowers? Is he a first-round pick? Like, we have, we've never seen him play in the NFL. Well, we're already getting reports out of Ravens training camp saying he's really good. Not to mention, maybe the biggest addition for the Ravens and for Lamar Jackson Todd Munkin. Remember, the offensive coordinator at Georgia made Stetson Bennett look like a Heisman. Matter of fact, Stetson Bennett was a Heisman finalist. And uh, Ravens just got that offensive coordinator. So there you go. Okay, so let me set up IG Live. Let me let me set up IG Live real quick. Um, let's see. Hold on. Picking my new NFL team. If you want to watch this on Instagram, feel free. Okay, so let me go ahead and get get this set up. Let's see, make sure that doesn't block the camera. So, okay, so I'm live on Instagram now. Hold on, phone's turned sideways a little bit. I don't know. Wait a second. Let's see if that fixes it. Okay, now phone's sideways. Some of it's my my case giving me problems. So, uh, so there you go. So live on Instagram and live on uh, the Grid YouTube channel, the Carving It Up YouTube channel. Six months of deliberation, of praying, talking to loved ones, friends, family, talking to many, uh, you know, in circles of the two teams that have become the finalists uh, to potentially be my new uh, favorite NFL team. Live here on YouTube, Twitter, and right here on Instagram. After a team that I was a fan of from 2015 to 20 and became a big supporter of from 20 or really from 21 through 22 with considering Dak Prescott. I've been a big Dak fan uh, since his days at Mississippi state figured I might as well continue to support him. After a while I got to the point, I was like, okay, I, I gotta have a team. Like I, I can't root for Dallas. I, I, I can't do it. I need a team. And so the rate finalists, the Seahawks were in there. I remember the Carolina Panthers, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, we're in that mix as well. They came close to making the final cut, but I decided against it. Who else? I think the Rams, the Chargers, the two LA teams. That's five. And then the two final. I can't remember who the other team was. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the Titans as well, because I'm, I'm from Tennessee. So I, I include the Titans as well. But it came down to two. An AFC team and an NFC team. One has six Super Bowl titles. One has five Super Bowl titles. Numerous Hall of Famers. Hall of Fame head coaches and highly successful, I believe they will be going into 2023 and moving forward. Both have significantly, I shouldn't say significantly better fan base, have, have some of the best fan bases in the NFL. Some most recognizable brands in the NFL. That would be out of the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers. This was, I can honestly say, of sports-related decisions that I have made this, this puppy, <laughs> this kept me awake at night. Honest to God, I was, I, I'd be up, up late night, early in the morning. Like, God, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what, what to do with this decision. 
After a while, I thought about it. I prayed about it. I talked to loved ones about it. And I have made my decision. The team that I have chosen to be a lifelong fan of through sickness and through health, no matter what happens, is... The six-time Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Pittsburgh is the team I've chosen. I see my man John. John's in the comments here on Instagram. Uh, he's got the, the black and yellow. He guessed it initially. It is Pittsburgh. I chose Pittsburgh over San Francisco. By the way, I got the hat here. got a terrible towel as well. Decided might as well you know, bring out the terrible towel. I can't really get the appropriate torque to spit. There we go. Got the terrible towel back here. I chose Pittsburgh for numerous reasons. And none of them, I, ne I would say, were necessarily an indictment of San Francisco, but more of a, 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 a praising Pittsburgh. The first being, I thought about with Pittsburgh, is that you talk about a franchise that obviously was the dynasty of the 70s, uh, won two Super Bowls in the 2000s with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, both with Bill Cowher and, both, uh, and with Mike Tomlin as well, who of course is still there. One thing that Pittsburgh provides more than any franchise in American sports, my Lord, are they loyal to coaches. They allow them to come in, build a culture, and bring stability. The Niners, to a certain extent, before Kyle Shanahan, who I, I think Shanahan's a top three coach in the league, little topsy-turvy at times. Before that, they fired Jim Harbaugh. Why? Then they got Jim Tom Sula and Chip Kelly, and then they settled on Shanahan. Tomlin's been through, through it all. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to another. He, as I continue to throw out the stat all the time, even before I was a Steelers fan, a new Steelers fan, on the show, never had a losing season in his entire career. The only coach in NFL history that can say that. You talk about a franchise that, Something else, too, that drew me to Pittsburgh that I couldn't really do with San Francisco. All of the teams, almost all the teams that Pittsburgh has a rivalry with in some way, shape, or form, I already don't like. I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of that from uh, you know my, my brief time as a Cowboys fan, and some of that, it's Philadelphia. I don't, I don't even like the Phillies. I don't like the, the 76ers. I don't even watch hockey. I hate the Flyers. I, just, I, don't, I don't do Philadelphia. Pittsburgh doesn't like Philadelphia. I cannot stand Cleveland sports. Oh, the Steelers have been owning the Browns forever. At least in the Super Bowl era. And the Cincinnati Bengals, I have grown slowly to dislike a bit. And so I, I would assume we'll continue to dislike more. Given the fact that, yes, they've been to a Super Bowl. Man, they're talking like they're the Memphis Grizzlies. They're talking like... Uh, from an accomplishment standpoint, that they've been the Kansas City Chiefs, the New England Patriots, or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not even close. Pittsburgh's also a team that historically has been one of the better drafting teams in the NFL. Just this past draft, I thought they did an excellent job addressing the offensive line, getting a, a very talented tight end out of Georgia. Washington, I think is his name, coming in. Bringing a good corner in. One of the best corners, if not the best corner in the NFL draft. And it's an offense that has Najee Harris, has George Pickens, um, has DeJon uh, uh, Deontay Johnson. But the kid I 
growing to really like Kenny Pickett. Now, you say seven touchdowns, nine picks last year doesn't blow you away. Doesn't. But how many quarterbacks have we seen? They'll have those moments in the rookie year, like there's something there. And for Kenny Pickett, that was numerous fourth quarters. It's the Raiders and the, the Colts and the Ravens. Some big fourth quarter comeback drives. And that last game against Cleveland, against a pretty solid defense. Made them look silly. Went up and down the field, was making legit NFL throws. This is an organization, Pittsburgh, that more times than not has gotten the quarterback right. Head coaching, again, they've had three coaches in 54 years. Three. It's an incredible fan base. Frankly, I like their uniforms a little bit better than San Francisco's. That's why I've chosen for the rest of my life to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan till the day I die. Let's go Steelers. Going to get off Instagram now. All right, so to off IG Live, it is Pittsburgh. It is Pittsburgh. All right, let's see. We got some comments. Uh, yeah, Patrick Brown, the time has come for you to make the big announcement. Uh, yeah, I, I, Alex Johnson from the camp fan, the Cowboys camp fan. <laughs> he was he was giving me crap earlier today. Like, man, if you pick if you pick the Niners, Cowboys and Niners obviously have a rivalry. He said, "Let's go." <laughs> yeah, I, I knew Devin wasn't gonna. I, I I knew Devin wasn't gonna like it. He 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 says he says why? We're have some, we're have some Pittsburgh Ravens battles. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Patrick, you chose wisely. Your affinity your affinity for Mike Tomlin says it all. Uh, yes, no question about that. Uh, I've, I've always, always, always respected Mike Tomlin. <laughs> and Devin says, I'll be giving you hell all season. I'm sure you will. I'm sure say, hey, goes, goes both ways. Goes both ways. Uh, hold on. Uh, let's see. Cause I have another small announcement to make, uh, as well. So, and, and, and again, I, See, you know what another part, the only reason uh, why I decided to choose Pittsburgh and not San Francisco? Folks know I'm from Tennessee. It would have been, hold on. It would have been weird to have two Bay Area teams out of Tennessee. And by the way, you guys know I love the Bay Area. There's great folks down there. I've, I've had uh, one in particular I've, I've had on my show. Uh, Robin Schreiber, you may know her as the dance cam mom. I've had her on the show. Awesome, awesome lady. Uh, Dub Nation is, is, is the best. It doesn't get better than that. Um, but to have two in the Bay Area, then one obviously here in Tennessee with my Vols, and then obviously one in Boston with the Red Sox. It had been weird to have two teams from one city and two teams from the other side of the country. So I decided against that as well. Um, and something else is Pittsburgh rarely has seasons where they suck. Maybe they won't necessarily be the the, the toast of the NFL, but I mean, you, I mean, last decade they've won three playoff games, I think. I know they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. That was that crazy game where they beat Kansas City, but despite not scoring a touchdown, they still won that game. Um, but again, stability. Great coaching throughout their history, fantastic ownership, uh, an awesome fan base, uh, and again, a, a list of teams that they are rivals with that I really don't care too much for. 
to say the least. I've never hated Baltimore, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to learn to. Okay, in part because because Devin, uh, our, our Ravens guy in the network, is is gonna be is gonna be all over me all season long and moving forward, uh, as well as the fact that the Steelers and Ravens have one of the most heated rivalries. I'd say outside of Cowboys Eagles, the, the the Ravens and the Steelers have probably the most heated rivalry in all of football. Like it's there's there's some other ones I can think of, but that's up there. And another sort of minor announcement. I'll take the Steelers hat off for a second. I'll put it on at the end of the show. I thought about this aspect of it as well. So I mentioned that I've been a Dak guy since before he was a Cowboy. I can vividly remember when uh, the NFL Network did a special on him. They were doing like this thing where they interviewed the prospects and everything. And they did this feature on Dak Prescott in March of 2016. I remember watching that and thinking, God, I hope the Cowboys draft him. Like he'd be the perfect guy to to sit behind Romo for a few years and insert him in. I I, I say he reminded me in some ways, not in, obviously not in stature, but in in some ways how he played. Of he had a little Russell Wilson in him. Like I like he's he's incredibly mature. He's a playmaker with his legs and his arm. He's accurate. He's incredibly coachable. And man, the, the teams he played for run through a brick wall for him. And when the Cowboys drafted him in April of 2016, I was I was ecstatic. I was I was jumping up and down. And of course, Dak has had a a pretty darn solid seven years in Dallas. I thought about this aspect though. Yes, I am Pittsburgh first. I'm a Steelers fan, like I'm a Red Sox fan, like I'm a Warriors fan, like I'm a Vols fan. It just didn't seem right to completely ditch Dak Prescott. So, as I put this hat on. <laughs> Uh, and I've worn it on the show before, as you guys know. I have decided that I will root for Pittsburgh first. No question about it. Steelers fans, don't get mad at me. New fellow Steelers fans, don't get mad at me. But I couldn't totally ditch Dak. So think of it this way. The way that I rooted for Dak last year, that won't change. As long as he plays in the NFL, if he plays for the Cowboys, if he plays if he plays for the Eagles, that might be a little bit of a problem. But if he plays for anybody else, I'm going to pull for Dak. I'm going to root for Dak. I'm going to root for Dak to win. Um, that's, that's, that's that's what it is. So root for Dak. But before that, root for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'll continue to support Dak. I will continue to wear the Dak hat. Maybe the occasional Dak jersey if he plays big in a big game as he has numerous times. Um, you know, bring, bring that back, back out for a while. But all I've got thus far is this Steelers hat. And uh, and and this uh, and this terrible towel, um, but listen, I'll get the jerseys, I'll get the the hoodies and, and the t shirt. I'll, I'll load up on fan gear, load up on fan gear. Devin, we hate Pittsburgh. Well, now I have I have I'm pretty much obligated to say this. I hate Baltimore. The the, the these it, I, there's gonna be some good at the bank podcasts in the future. I can, I have a good feeling about that. Uh, Patrick, all you need is a TJ Watchers. That that's the first one I, I definitely want to get. Patrick TJ Watt, uh, who is a freaking monster uh, as a pass rusher. Um, and you might be asking too. Last, last thing, and I'll get out of here. Uh, fellow Steelers fans and fans of carving it up live might be asking, like, what's what's your expectations for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, this season, twenty twenty three? And I'll do my prediction show for the NFL right before the season starts, as I do every year in September. But right now. You guys make I think I'm crazy, but I'm thinking 11 and six and a playoff win. I really am. I think they could potentially get the five seed in the AFC, beat whoever the four seed is, uh, which would probably come out of the AFC. 
probably the AFC East because they're going to beat up on each other. I think Pittsburgh can beat any of those teams. Great defense. Kenny Pickett, I expect to have a very, very good year too. Um, yeah, 11-6 in the playoff win. That's my expectation for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Let's let's do it. Ah, uh, come on, Devin. Not welcome to my shows no more. That's just that's just harsh. That's that's yeah, like I said, these Steelers Ravens battles between me and Devin are gonna be fun moving forward. But yeah, there we go. That's the announcement. Got the new equipment, got the new hat, the new team. But an incredible fan base supporting carving up live as usual. You guys showed up and showed out, uh, which is no surprise to me. You guys are the absolute best. I love every single one of y'all. That is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody for stopping by. Be sure to go catch Carving Up Live on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. And be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. Uh, by, by the way, be sure to go subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Podcast Network here on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts is where you can find the Grid Network. We are we're building something special. We're on a roll right now and uh, very, very excited for what the future uh, holds for everybody at the network. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. That's all I got to say. Stay tuned. Uh Steelers fans, if you see this, spam this 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 live stream and future videos with likes. Give me a follow on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Carving Up Podcast and Instagram, at Carving Up Pod on Twitter. I've got a TikTok as well. I don't use TikTok a ton. Uh, what's my ad on TikTok? Hang on. Let's see what it is. Ad on TikTok is uh, Carving Up, at Carving Up Podcast as well. So it's the same thing on Instagram as it is on uh, TikTok. So at Carving Up Podcast on on uh, on Instagram and TikTok, and then at Carving Up Pod to follow me on Twitter. And of course, at the Grid Network, basically everywhere uh, you get your podcasts and on social media platforms. I am a Steelers fan. I am excited about it. And I think they got a saying, here we go. Well, you know, as as as, uh, as Heath Ledger said in, um, in, in, in Dark Knight years ago, That might be my new my new soundbite that I play when the, when the Steelers win, or or before a Steelers game. This this like this is like genuine feels exciting. Like I, I'm like, this is fun. Okay, have a great week, week everybody. I'll see you on Thursday. Could please continue to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And please, 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 I beg you, please contact your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence in America. The Steelers experience is going to be fun. I have a really good feeling about it. See you on Thursday. Please be safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. And here we go, baby. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. And be sure to go click that big red subscribe button and check out the other clips and full shows from Carving It Up Live as well as our other incredible content creators here on the Grid Network.